Final prayers to be said for those in the canary yellow and blue today. Germany playing in the change strip of red and black. Dear listener, to episode 15 of the Football Kit Podcast. I'm Gab, also known as the Kit Geek, and as you'd expect, I'm joined by Dennis of Museum of Jerseys and Les of Hull City Kits. Also returning to join us in this edition is the man responsible for three books that are considered Bibles for those who declare their religion as polyesterism. We are, of course, talking about John 316 Devlin. Welcome, John. Hello, Gav. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> In this episode, we're hosting a World Cup of underrated World Cup kits. It is the format. The four of us will each state the case for six kits. So in theory, there are 24 entrants, a bit like the World Cups between 1982 and 1994. And after each person has made a passionate plea for six kits, the other three will then have two votes on who advances. It may well be the case that there aren't clear winners. For example, if each kit nominated were to somehow get one vote each, or if one kit attracted four votes and two others got a vote apiece, in such cases, it's dealer's choice to discriminate so the two advance. Ultimately, we'll be left with eight kits that are officially underrated, as decided by a jury of peers and me on the Football Kit Podcast. But here's the thing. None of us know which kits the others have chosen for nomination. There's been no comparing of notes ahead of this recording. So if any of us duplicate a nomination, that instantly rules the kit out. The rationale being that between us, there are two published authors all four of us have written kit articles for various football outlets appearing on television, YouTube shows and countless podcasts about the topic. So if more than one kit geek here suggests a specific kit is underrated, then it must be by definition rated and therefore disqualified. Honesty is expected. No substitutes here. If one of our choices is nominated before it's our turn, then we will speak up. Them's the rules and there's some more. So any kit nominated must have been worn at least once in a tournament because, of course, unworn kits will be underrated. They didn't get seen. Also, we can only choose kits worn in our own living memory. There'll be no hipsterism, no choosing Bolivia's 1930 change kit, which incidentally was quite magnificent. Before we begin, perhaps we should have a brief discussion, philosophical at best, semantic at least, about what constitutes underrated. In my view, it's a kit that the masses don't really hold in high regard, but which, objectively speaking, is a very good kit and might be a bit too simplistic. I think I think something we often see with kits and more so at World Cups because there's such a big audience is that success is a, a great vehicle for a kit and uh, a bad kit can be made better by a team doing well and a good kit can be forgotten if the team bomb out in the group stage. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that I look for is a kit 
can define a World Cup. So you say a World Cup, certain kits will spring to mind, but the underrated ones aren't that in those kind of first top tier of kits. So, you know, you think of Germany, West Germany, 1990, everyone thinks of that kit. I'm not thinking of those things. I'm thinking of a kit that's below that, but actually when it's shown, people remember it from that World Cup. I would say it's the kits that have slipped under the radar a little bit. The ones that, yeah, in, in these modern days of football shirt kind of appreciation, people don't always immediately go to. But ones that, as Gav said, somehow encapsulate what the World Cup is, what it means to us, and uh, a little bit of the flavour and memories of, of those past tournaments. Okay, now, John, as guests, you get to begin. So you're going to take us through your six choices and you're going to make cases for them all. The only time we'll chip in is after you finish one, you can ask us what we what we think. But of course, if anybody has chosen the same one, it's up to them to tell us straight away. Cue right. family fortunes. <laughs> Have you got some X kind of noise. buzzer noise? <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. My first World Cup that I remember was 78, 1978. But the one I'm going for first is 1982. And it's the Hungry Home Shirt. Let me describe it for you. Red shirt, alternate green and white pinstripes, Adidas, um, proper collar, tricolor, three color, three stripe trim, pinstripes on the shorts. It's just superb. Off centered badge, Adidas logo on the um, on the right hand side. For me, when I see this shirt, it's the 82 World Cup was the World Cup of pinstripes. They were they were all over the place. France wore a very, very similar design just for that tournament. But for me, I think it's the combination of colours, because even as a lad, I used to watch these red, white and green combinations appear and think, oh, it doesn't work. So somehow the hungry shirt for me is like it, it encapsulates the festival of football cliche. It looks like a party in a shirt. That's my take on it. The fact that they beat El Salvador 10-1 in it just adds to its oomph in my book. That's number one. Number two, this is probably going to be a popular one, maybe. But again, it's it's all about what the World Cup was like as a young as a young man at this stage. 1990, Italian 90. And it's the, the kit that was worn in the first game, Cameroon against Argentina. And it's the Cameroon home strip, home strip. So for me, it was this watching this flamboyant Cameroon side in this baggy, oversized, deep, deep, deep V-neck shirt. I don't know if you recall it. A template shirt. I think Egypt wore a similar, similar design. But it's the huge badge, the huge Cameroon badge on the left. It's the combination of green, red, white and yellow. I mean, these are colours, combinations we don't see in English football. So it's it's exciting. And it's that first game when Cameroon just, you know, shocked Argentina and then went rampant against a couple of other sides, eventually crushing out to England 3-2. Fascinating one, that, isn't it? Because it's an incredibly well-known kit. But I hadn't really considered it before of whether it was rated, overrated or underrated. I'd, I'd never never yeah. given it that, even though it's a kit I'm massively familiar with. And I'm always a little bit in awe of the fact that most of the Adidas shorts at that World Cup had superfluous pockets. Perhaps with Cameroon, <laughs> it was to collect all the red cards that were uh, being shown. Apparently so, Les. Yes, apparently so. But yeah, I think you've summed it up brilliantly. It is a shirt we all know. That doesn't often get a lot of acclaim but for me it's a, it's a world cup shirt you know third one this i i, I kind of did, did a little bit of digging around and it's the norway away shirt from 1994 apart from dennis i'm guessing none of us have you know 
fond memories of 1994 as a World Cup. But there was something about this shirt that I loved. I think it's the fact that they took that tertiary colour, the navy blue, and it, it really dominated. It's, it's a white shirt with the um, an Adidas three-stripe trim, the kind of truncated V-neck that they had on the Adidas equipment shirts, but also this kind of diamond effect on the right-hand side that Spain also had. But Spain had the shirt with a collar and it looked a little bit fussy. The Norwegian waist shirt just kept it really, really crisp. Three-stripe trim on the hems of the shorts, which I think was great, and really simple, stunning socks. For me, it's the combination of colours that works so well. I love, I love the fact, I love a shirt that's an international shirt that's got two badges as well. That always gets a big thumbs up. So it's got the little Norwegian Football Federation crest and a Norway flag. Brilliant. And also, it's miles better than the home shirt, in my view, which for me gives it a bit of, uh, bit of kudos there. Fourth one is the Netherlands away shirt of 2006. I'm waiting for responses. There's no responses. So when this came out, we've got used to Netherlands wearing orange chain shirt white. We started to see blue a little bit appear in the mid 90s, but this was the first time they kind of embraced the uh, the, the, the state's flag, the Dutch Republic flag. There's some royal connotations there as well. White shirt, red, white, and blue sash. Number plonked on top which I kind of I like that I like the fact it breaks the sash and, and a unique blue and if I if I'm I think I'm right in saying this that they only had the uh the kind of sash coloring on one sock is that right that was that was the, the master stroke for me because yeah that's I, correct I, I, yeah I illustrated it with with two and and as you know my books are flawless and with no mistakes in them but that's one that slipped in. Um, I'm being sarcastic, of course. But for me, it's the, the asymmetrical sock design. I just thought, why aren't more people doing this? It, it looks superb. Okay, my fifth one goes to 2010. It's another away kit, and it's the Ivory Coast. And don't make me say it in the French pronunciation. If you remember, Puma just dominated this World Cup with their African nation kits. All of them fantastic, really adventurous, asymmetrical, um, painterly brushstrokes. A good, what we're we talking, good eight, ten years before Adidas did it. This one took the colours of the Ivory Coast flag and a kind of like a hoop design with thinner orange kind of brushstrokes amongst it as well. It looks great. I love the shoulder, the kind of asymmetrical shoulder panel. The fact that the number, which is in a beautiful, beautiful typeface, sits on that shoulder with the badge. Puma a logo in the middle, just thought was superb. Everything about it was considered. And again, it's flamboyant and it, it, it screams of the nation. And that's that's what I love about lots of these um, international shirts is that they make you think of the country. They make you think of the, the, the footballing nation as well. The last one, and I didn't think I'd pull anything out from this World Cup. This was 2018 and it's the Mexico away. If you recall it, it was a white shirt again, and I realise I've gone for a little bit of white here in, in my selections. But what it did, it pulled out this really dark green that Adidas had started to use for the Mexicans, but added a deep maroon shade. And maroon, as you'll know, was the, the colour that Mexico first wore as their home strip in, in their early international days. But there, again, there's something just so simple about this, but also it just screams football. Does that make you, do you know what I mean by that? It looks a proper football shirt. They only wore it once, they beat Korea 2-1 in the kit. But again, a simple design, but that, that, that encapsulates what a World Cup means to me anyway.
Mm. And that is my six. There's some fascinating mixes of traditionalism and asymmetricality, if such a word exists. There are uh, certain, certainly a fan of the asymmetric designs. It's funny you were saying about not wanting to say Ivory Coast in French, but I went to see Argentina Ivory Coast at the Germany 2006 World Cup and I was struck how the German announcer called the team Elfenbeinkust or the Elephant Bone Coast. So whenever I hear Ivory Coast, I don't think of Cote d'Ivoire, I think Elephant Bone Coast instead. Well, if you remember, Alan Brazil was legendary on Talk Sport for his pronunciation. He sounds virtually bilingual compared to how I say foreign <laughs> countries' names, so I'm not going down there. But yeah, again, and it, I, I love to look and see what results the team's got in shirts as well. So it's interesting to see that the Dutch lost to Portugal in that shirt. Ivory Coast had a 3 0 win. Norway had a 1 0 win over Mexico. It's interesting to see what results come up. So then let's take the first of four votes based on that compelling testimony. And if there's consensus between the three that are judging John's choices, two will go straight through. But if not, the choice goes back to John, our version of a penalty shootout. Dennis, tell us what you made of John's nominations and give us your two votes. There were some really good kits there, but yeah, I just wasn't sure if some of them were kind of too well known to be underrated, but that like it, it's such a subjective thing. Like I, I love that Mexico one. Uh, I love the Netherlands one, and you're you're right about the the sashed um, sashed sock as well, John. Like it, it was so different to what we come to expect from the Netherlands, who usually just either had a white or a black change kit with orange trim. But I could be misremembering. But I, I felt they were very well received at the time, but. Again, maybe I just liked them so much that I thought everyone else did. My two votes will go to Norway and uh, Ivory Coast. The Norway one I hadn't forgotten about because it's it's unusual in that it has the Adidas striping in three different colours, or four different colours, colourways on the kit because it has navy stripes in the shirt, mm. navy red, navy in the diamonds, white stripes on the shorts and red stripes on the socks. But... I think it's one that has generally been forgotten and it is a great kit. And in the Ivory Coast one, I'll be honest, I had forgotten that. And it 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 was among the best of what Puma had to offer in 2010. Nice. What about you, Gav? So um, in preparation for this, I kind of pulled a, a long list of kits before I got to my six. And on that long list was the Norway shirt. So I'm going to go with the Norway shirt as one of the votes. So it didn't make my top six, but it did make kind of one of the ones I was looking at. One of those kits, you see it, you just think of that World Cup straight away. So that really worked for me. And then I'm going to go with the Mexico away from 2018. Again, not a shirt you automatically think about that tournament, but you can absolutely place it if you see that shirt. So I think uh, very underrated. So that's my two. Les, you? I've gone Norway too, so it's a clean sweep for Norway. Impressive. And it certainly works better than the, the Spain version of that, I think. I, I think it was that the there was much more contrast, you know, with, with red and yellow being quite warm colours. I'm not I'm not although they added navy into it, I'm not quite sure there was enough contrast there. Whereas, you know, against the white field, the the, the Norway contrast trim colours really, really popped. And I'd also gone for Mexico 2018. Similar to what you sort of said, Dennis, where you sort of think, well, I loved that at the time. So surely everybody loved that at the time. But maybe they didn't. Yeah. I love a white shirt with two dark trim colours. I just think it generally works really well. So that's another reason why I chose Norway. Well, you'll be pleased to know, John, that 
two of your choices have sailed through. So Norway 1994 change, Mexico 2018 change. How do you feel about that? Since you know, are you are you content with those two? I am. I'm a, I'm a wee bit disappointed the hungry one didn't get higher acclaim. But um, no, I'm I'm really pleased. I I I, I did when I worked through my my long list. Everything else was white, and I thought I can't just choose white kids. But there's something about, as Dennis said, the white with the the colours from the home shirt thrown in. Just it, it's a perfect. It can be the perfect away shirt. I think I think the hungry one maybe suffers for the ten one you mentioned, and the fact it was so similar to France. But you mentioned white, and in the World Cup there are so many white kits on show because of the. The rules around contrast and kits yeah. and that's probably a reason why we remember them um prominently true good. that yeah good good comments though excellent gav it's your turn to give us your six nominations okay so staying on the topic of white kits i'm going to start in 1998 with the usa home kit so nike provided five different teams in that World Cup. And for me, I think USA is probably the least well-known. Um, you know, people automatically think of the Brazil kit, the Italy kit, um, Nigeria, and the other team was the Netherlands. But this uh, kit was all white. It had navy and red trim uh, around it. But it, the distinguishing feature is a band that goes from the arms right across the chest down to the other arm. So if, if a play was stood with their arms straight, it would look like one straight long red and uh, blue stripe. It's just brilliant in its simplicity. And it's just one that you just, we never see. So we never see, but I think looking at my definitions and look when I was looking at, I, when I do see it, I automatically know where it's from. That's my kit number one. Another all white one following on for what John was saying. Kit number two, um, these aren't in World Cup order. I've kind of just kind of randomly done them. So I'm going to 2006 and I'm going to Angola, um, which is a Puma kit. Now, Puma supplied all of the African teams in this World Cup. And most of the teams had motifs of their national emblems as a sublimated part of their uh, shirt. So Ivory Coast had the elephant and there was a star for Ghana, I think. But the Angola kit was very different. It was a red shirt and it contained a yellow and black band, but it was a very thick band. And it gave a, a very different look. And it's something I don't think I've really seen in football kits before. So it really stands out to me. Again, looking at these things, it was it really kind of was something unique and something different so not only unique from one of the puma template but from the rest of the kits on show that world cup so i really like the use of the color so you know the black then follows in the shorts the socks have the red and yellow so you're seeing the three colors for all elements of the kit it's just a great underrated shirt for me okay number three Back to 1994, and I'm going South Korea, the change kit that South Korea used, um, produced by a company called Rapido. Now, it was a white kit, an all-white kit, but it had flashes of blue and red and yellow on uh, one of the shoulders that went down to kind of form a semi-sash, but not because the main body of the shirt's missing. Uh, had an asymmetric repeating pattern on the shorts and a bit of flashes on the shorts there home kit was the blue with exactly the same pattern but the white just stood out a little bit better for me i think south korea kits are underrated generally i think they're some of the best kits we've seen in most world cups but i think this one was a real standout and something you know a, a, 
a manufacturer I've not heard of before, you know, not seen anything from them since. It was worn as all white, but also with blue shorts and socks against Bolivia. So we did see two variations in the three um, South Korea games. So that's something I like. And also the red, blue and yellow are sacred colours in um, South Korea as well. So bringing that element into the kit design is something um, I quite like as well. So Mm -hmm. that's number three for me. Fascinating fact about that is um, the company Rapido, um, they were a subsidiary of Samsung and it was the same company who made the kits in 1986, but they changed the name in between. So they were called Weekend in 86, but by the time 94 came around, they were were Rapido. Nice knowledge. (laughs) Number four for me, another all white kit, uh, this time 2002 and the Turkey Away kit. So it was worn three times through their run to the um, semi-finals and third and fourth playoff uh, and it was worn in three different variations once with red socks once with red sh- shorts and socks and in the third and fourth place playoff as an all-white kit um, it was the standard adidas template of that world cup so france home probably the most famous version of that but this one had that element it had a red um chest band and in that chest band you had the uh, Adidas brand logo and the Turkey flag crest. And I just think that gave the kit the element that popped it out from the rest of the kit. So again, you see that template straight away, you know what World Cup you're in. Um, but this is one that I think is underappreciated. And uh, we talked about the success of kits as well. And I think this is, helps to that as well. Turkey getting to the semifinals really kind of pushes that kind of thought about the kit and the way it's received so that's why that one's in there for me my fifth choice is the 2014 world cup and it's belgium's away kit so this was made by birda who were quite i I like their designs they've done a couple of um english teams um watford and wolves and i I think they've done some interesting things with kit design um this i think was one of their only international kits Mm. but it's an all-black kit and it had a yellow and red sash that went down and again it's something something a little bit different sashes and international kits um dennis have you got it i'm afraid i do so it has just become rated. Um, sim- similar, um, similar sentiment to to yourself. Uh, and and you mentioned South Korea as well. I actually had South Korea away that was worn against that Belgium kid on my long list, and I just didn't want to be too samey. But I I would agree with what you said about South Korea ones as well. But yeah, Belgium out. Oh, we got one. Okay. So my final choice, uh, and I'm going back and I left this final because it was one of the kits. Um, it's my first World Cup that I remember. So it was one of the kits that actually sparked my interest in football kits. So it's 1986 and it's the Scotland home kit. The reason why is mainly the shorts. I love these shorts and I will probably on a very lonely hill but I will die on that hill that these shorts are some of the greatest ever designed shorts in football kit history. The shirt is a, you know, a very simple classic Scotland shirt with just the plain red socks. But the way the kit works, it just, you know, I, I just love it. I just genuinely love it. And, you know, when you talk about Scotland kits and Scotland at World Cup, you know, it's 78, it's 82, it's 90. You never hear 86 mentioned unless someone's moaning about the shorts. Well, I'm here to sing the praises and wave those shorts and a big flag and say, I am with you, Scotland. Wow, Gav sat on a hill in the mull of Kintyre. 
<laughs> some co some cogent arguments there. John, you, our selection's been reduced down to five, but which yeah. two of Gab's selection get oh, your vote? Crikey, do you know, really, really hard. The Scotland shorts, I'm not a fan, but I do know that they were the best-selling shorts that Umbro had ever done at that point, apparently. One of the old sales guys told me that. He said, everyone hated them, he said, but they were brilliant. I loved them. I'm going to go for the USA home kit, 98. And the Angola one, because the Angola one's a genuine shirt that I had. I had no memory of that at all. No knowledge of that. But when you look at it, it's almost outrageous how low that band is. It's not a chest band. It's like a belly band. And for that alone, it's brilliant. So, yeah, good choices, I guess. Thank you. Yeah, I am going to go completely different to John. The Angola home was on my long list. So because the away wasn't, I'm not going to vote for that. Turkey, I think, suffers maybe from being two colours, whereas I'd like three, but that's just personal preference. The USA one, again, was close to being chosen by me. I'll elaborate on why in a minute. So my votes are South Korea away. Someone did mention it in, the, in when we tweeted about it. And again, it was one I had kind of forgotten, and it's it's busy, but it's not in-your-face busy. It's it's well laid out, the pattern, I feel. Kind of like a, a, a 1990, 91 Syria away shirt uh, and Scotland home. I'm not a huge fan of the shorts, but all things being equal, I do think the kit is underrated because of the shorts, if that makes sense. So is Scotland your second choice? Yeah. Okay, though. I was won over by Gav's impassioned pleas for the Scotland kit. Um, and and he's absolutely right that it is one that gets a kicking based on the shorts. But even with them, it's a lovely kit. It would have been fascinating if Denmark had been allowed to have their original shorts, which reversed the shape pattern. Imagine what it would have been like Denmark against Scotland with yeah, yeah. with with those two shorts. And and you know sometimes not enough's done with shorts. So I'm going to agree with you on the uh, on the Scotland one. When you said Turkey, my mind immediately went to the three-colour one. And then I thought, no, they wore that in the Euros, didn't they? Because I thought that one where they had the addition of grey with the red and white was fantastic. And so when I remembered it was just two-colour, I thought, no, I'm not having that. So I'm yeah, going to go with the pretty Angola Pretty much my train one. of thought. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go with the Angola one as well. Something genuinely different. So let's see what the scores are. I often think with the Scotland home shorts, with those shorts as well, that they almost prevent the need for a um, change pair because I think you could wear them very comfortably against a white shirt, white shorts. So I do wonder if that was the reason for the band, was almost to prevent mixing and matching between kits. I don't know. Just a theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Interesting. Which case they're genius. Yeah. <laughs> right, the results are in then. So... Two kits get two votes. So that's Scotland 1986 primary and also the Angola 2006 primary. I can't argue. The essence of the the topic, I suppose. And and you're right, John. Uruguay were all white against Scotland and Scotland in the normal shorts. Might have been a bit messy if they'd worn the away shorts, the navy with the yellow. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness, yeah, yeah. Right then, Dennis, it's time for your six. Make a case. Okay, well, it's only five now, thanks to Gavin. <laughs> um, I I did actually kind of go back a little bit further in my own living memory, just for research, 
but it, it turns out I don't have any before 1990 anyway, which was my first World Cup when, of course, Ireland won the competition at the first time of asking. So my favourite kit, sorry, not my favourite kit, obviously. We know what my favourite kit from that World Cup is, but one I feel underrated is the Sweden away. I love an all-blue kit with um with yellow trim. Uh, and I think a kind of a, a forebear of this one was the Brazil away in the 1988 Olympics when they had Adidas and they had Brazil across the chest. And I think what Sweden wore against Brazil in 1990 was just a really kind of strong, strong, powerful look. Like the yellow is just limited to the neck and the stripes and the shirts and sh- shorts and socks. I think it works very well. Then, for whatever reason, 94 and 98, because I was 10 and then 14, even now, they still seem prominent in my mind, and I, I can't think of any of them as being underrated, which is absurd, I, I know. Um, so the next one I chose was 2002, the Argentina away, which is the only one of my choices that I actually owned, and I'd say I was still wearing it a good 10 years later, so thankfully I didn't expend too much. Like the Sweden one, it's blue, but a darker shade, navy, with sky blue and white trim on the shirt. The default shorts uh, were white, and then against against Nigeria they wore the black home shorts with it which didn't work as well but I think in the the other game against Sweden where it was navy white white I think that looked really good and actually Sweden's away in that World Cup blue with yellow was really good as well but just wasn't as keen on that one uh, and then 2006 I have two from here and I had three in my final seven so one of them had to go and I think I think why I rate them so highly, they're both by Nike, is because Nike made a big point at this World Cup about how they were going away from templates. Because if you remember their 2002 kits, they weren't actually all the same template. If if you look closely, I'm sure John knows from drawing so many of them, they all had different bits, but there was a common overarching look. But they really went big on distinction in 2006. So the Portugal home, I think, was, was very good. Um, they they went with a darker shade of red and they had the shorts in that colour too rather than the green. And just with green green v-neck and then gold, gold piping. And I think it just, it it, it just all, all the colours complemented each other really well. I'm not always a fan of Portugal in red, green, red, even though it's their traditional and proper look. I think it's a shame they won Euro 2016 in red, red, green. And that's become a bit more popular now. And then, the USA, like I touched on with, with Gab's choices, I always like USA kits, or generally do, because of it's white, more often than not, with, with navy and, and red trim. The, I did I passed in the 98 one because the, that kind of flappy um, flappy collar, I just wasn't too keen on it. And I just felt it was a little bit too simplistic almost after their first set of Nike kits the, the year or two previously with the the horizontal um, band in navy and red with the space for the number. So I just felt that was a bit of a downgrade. Uh, I did like how the one of the goalkeeper shirts was the, the same as the red away, but just with a round neck. But I've gone for the 2006 USA home. In our heads, maybe we think of all the USA ones as brash and loud and, you know, how, how Team USA might look in a pic- football picture story monthly comic. But they have had simple ones and almost two simple ones over the years whereas I feel the 2006 one just hit the the balance perfectly it was red and navy vertical stripe down uh, along by the, the crest kind of a bit like Olympic Leon shirt or, or an old PSG one and it had navy shorts and then the vertical stripes continued on the socks but unlike the Netherlands 
they were on both socks, which I do feel actually detracts ever so slightly. But still, as a kit, I, I'd be a big fan of that. And then my final one, 2010 Australia away. Again, blue is my favourite colour. And so I like the fact that it was mainly navy with blue yoke, royal blue yoke, broken by Australian gold at the top. It, it was a bit like something that you might expect Europe to wear in the Ryder Cup. And I think those colours just work really well together. I like the fact that it went away from the national colours. I, I don't dislike green Australian away kits, but I was just a big fan of this. I've been doing a lot of work on Australian kits lately, and this was one I drew recently enough, so it's it's fresh in my mind. Mm. Thanks, Dennis. Well, we can't say six are the best because you was down to five. But, John, what do you make of the choices Dennis made and which two of them resonate most with you? I think there's some interesting ones there. There's some, a couple of shirts that, again, I'd forgotten. And I would stick my neck out and say, I think the USA would be the most underrated kit nation of all. There's very yeah. shirts I don't like. Although I have to say that wasn't one of my favourite ones. Sweden, not that shirt. The shirt after it made my, my long list. And the Portuguese one did as well with the... That was the one with the the kind of um, rope styling, wasn't it, for the trim? Is that right? Um, I didn't even look that closely at it, but I, I would I take your word for it. I think that's the one that, that it was supposed to be inspired by Portuguese. Okay, marine tradition marine explorers or something. And okay. Whatever. So they had the rope thing. So I'm going to go for the Sweden Away because I love that Adidas um, Jacquard shadow pattern. And the Portuguese. diagonal brickwork. Yeah, the Ever Everton. Diagonal brickwork, yeah, that's what I called it. <laughs> in 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 two colours, three, yeah, yeah. It's one I've appropriated. It's Ever Everton, isn't it? It's the template name, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but B- famously not choice. worn by Everton, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, so Sweden away, and Portugal home, Portuguese one. Yeah, very good. Cheers, Gav. Okay, so. Again, referring to my long list, the Australia Way was on my long list. So that is one that I will definitely vote for in this one. I thought that was a great kit um, and pretty much for the reasons that Dennis said. And I do love the Ryder Cup comment. That's excellent. I might have to steal that at some point. And I think I, my second choice would be the USA. I think that's a kit that I didn't didn't even hit my radar when researching this. So um, And he's a great kit. Uh, and I think, you know, echoing what John said, very underrated kits all around the USA and I do like this one um, I do like the stripe going through the uh, national crest I think that works really well so I'll go with the USA what I found interesting about that Sweden shirt is as lovely as it was wasn't it an old template even at the time that felt very much a 1988 cycle oh absolutely shirts. yeah so it was it, a little bit of a surprise to see it's still in use i think bayern munich could have used it in their run to the 1986-87 european cup final they wore mm. seven different kits and i think that was one of them i think i think what i feel lifts that above the rest is that most versions had either white stripes or a white body with, you know, blue, red, black or green stripes or whatever. Mm. What, what, I thought, what I thought was interesting about Italia 90, I think it was the last Wild Cup where you had this mishmash of kits that looked like they were potentially from different eras. You yeah. mentioned the Cameroon and the Egypt kits and they just looked a couple of years old compared 
to some of the other designs, such as say, you know, the England Umbro designs, the, the Scotland Umbro designs. I think that might have been the last World Cup where there was this discernible difference in some teams getting slightly older shirts. You go four years later at 94 and every kit looks like it had been designed at the same time, regardless of who made it. Absolutely, anyway, yeah. Despite yeah. that, I didn't choose Sweden. I went with Argentina because I, I I think that was an absolutely fantastic kit. And the the use of the trim colours on the white shorts and socks worked really well. Absolutely beautiful, that one. And the other one I went with, with Australia 2010. Hull City's Richard Garcia wore that shirt. So I was paying a lot of attention at the time because it's not often Hull City get players that go to play in a, play in a World Cup. So I'm going with Australia and Argentina for my choices. So this is fascinating. Australia 2010 gets two votes, so that's automatically through. But the others that got votes all got one each, which means dealer's choice, as you said, uh, uh, Dennis, you get, to, you get to choose which of yours goes through. Uh, I think I will go for the USA one because that was my favourite of the six that I chose. OK, Les, your turn. Let's hear your six. This might take a while because, you know, I like to use 20 words where five will do. One of the things I was considering was, realistically, can a kit worn in a World Cup final be considered underrated? And after thinking about it, I've decided that, yes, yes, it can. Because, for example, Argentina's 1990 kit, I don't think that gets the love it, it warrants, even though it was worn in the, you know, the biggest game on the planet. And on the other side of the scale... I've yet to hear anybody say Germany's 2014 home shirt is their favourite kit ever just because, you know, it was worn by the world champion. So I'm going with the West Germany change kit from the 1986 final. So that, oh, I saw that look. Have you chosen this one? No, you can't have chosen no, this one. I know you have choices. It was, it was, I, I did wonder about it too. It was that I, close. It was that close to my six. That's a great choice. I dismissed it as rated. Interesting. Well, I guess you're right. It's a subjective thing, isn't it? I yeah. Now, that tournament is at my very distant edge of my World Cup memories. My main memories of Mexico '86 is lots of angry men ranting about Diego Maradona. If I'd have been allowed to go to to an older tournament, I think I would have said the green Germany change kit from 1974. I just think Germany looked fantastic in green and white. And I've got a bit of a thing for wrap over necklines, whether they're v-necks or in this case, whether they're a crew neck. And I think what really fascinated me about this one, whenever I've seen it in images, it had like a dimpled indented look. And I'm guessing that's because of the Climalite 2000 fabric, which put like little ventilation holes in it. So... I just think it's the, the classic German look. It's on the biggest stage, but it's not one I've heard many people talk about in great detail. And that's where the subjective thing comes in, because you think it's rated, Dennis. That's interesting. Yeah, I just remember, wasn't there Euro 2012 away kit kind of based on that one? And that was hugely popular. So I'm thinking if, if the son was popular, the father was too. Oh, but I may well be picking it yet. I, I thought that was a, a really fun choice because for me it's it's a forgotten kit and it was in the World Cup final and it seems a seems a dichotomy, doesn't it? it can't be, yeah. can't that can't be? But I think it's natural for change kits to make less of an impact the primary kits. And I'm going to pick one from a team that lost wearing it and given the run to the Italian anti quarterfinals. I think it's a game that doesn't survive the cognitive narrative 
formation that we do and it's Cameroon's change kit. They wore it against the Soviet Union in the last group game and because they'd already won the first two games, it didn't matter that they got paggered 4-0. But what I liked about it was, so it was a yellow version of the silky primary kit, but because the contrast trim was green, it just looked a little bit more bespoke than the home shirt did, I feel. And, you know, it was paired with red shorts, green socks. This is one that perhaps I maybe didn't love in 1990, but I've certainly grown fond of in, in recent years. And I've I've actually had a couple of cracks at trying to get a match warm one in auctions and, and fail. So I thought, thought that one looked absolutely great. I think with USA 94, I think you could potentially have eight final entries just from that one tournament. But I'm going to go with South Korea's all blue primary kit. I thought it was going to get knocked out. I, I totally agree with what you said, Gav, about the, the white one stood out. But in retrospect, it stands out because it was blue as a as the primary kit. And we used to see in Korea in that pinky red. And they even wore pinky red, you know, in the in the, the previous two World Cups that there was in. I really loved the I call it a shattered stripes sublimation print. I thought it was really fascinating. I like the fact that it, it went onto the shorts as well. And as you said, it was worn as a mashup, the, the shorts and the socks, but it was worn in the full against Germany. Now, I'm conscious that overall my choices look a bit old man thinks modern World Cups are rubbish. So I made a conscious choice of picking a, a recent one. And despite it being a really heavily used template, both at the Russia World Cup and beyond, I loved Sweden's change kit, which had the Condivo shirt template. And that's, if anybody wants to argue against templates, that's one I want to chuck at them and say, whatever colours that was in, it looked fantastic. But I don't think it ever looked better than when Sweden wore it against Germany. And I find, you know, somebody said this on, on a Twitter response to us about how dark shirts, light shorts and dark socks, when it's not white and a dark colour, are really unusual and I, and I do find them really striking and I think the use of yellow shorts with this one really elevated the kits so I'm, I'm going Sweden 2016 away. Now this is the one that I thought was the most likely to be duplicated which was Italy's home kit at France 98. Blue with a little bit of white trim, it was simple, it was silky which is silky looking which is what I expect from a an Italy kit, regardless of when it's made, I just think it's sublime. So I'm going Italy primary 98. And lastly, I'm choosing a Mexico kit. Now, I think overall Mexico kits are underrated. People loved the ABA kits from 98 with the all over Aztec print. More recently, we've talked about the 2018 one that's that's already in the in the final eight. And, and even looking at this, this World Cup coming up 2022, it seems that the, the change kit for Mexico is sold out. But one shirt that I don't think has been particularly rated is the 1994 change kit by Umbro. They only wore it in one game against Italy in Washington. So it was white shirts, red shorts, white socks. But it's not as if the, the shirt's plain white because it had a massive shoulder spanning print, which was like the trailing edge of, of an Aztec eagle. And it had detail on it that was in red and white. And the, the print was so big, it included the, the Umbro word mark and the, and the Mexican crest. Now, it was interesting when I was doing a bit of research on this one, the RTE website in 2014 
they included it in a West World Cup jerseys article, but they also included Spain's 1994 primary, Nigeria's white shirt from USA 94, both Mexico kits from 1998. So they're all shirts that would cost you a lot of money if you wanted to buy a replica. Atty, you don't know what they're talking about, I don't think. On behalf of Irish people everywhere, I apologise for RTE's article. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. Right, those are, those are my six choices. Vote yeah, away. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, the Italy home and away from 98 is one of my favourite World Cup sets ever. I love the fact they wore four different combinations in the five matches they played. They, they wore... They were normal home kit, they were all blue, they were blue, white, white, and then they were all white in a couple of games. But again, because I rate it so highly, does everyone else rate it that highly? And I agree with what you say in Sweden. Like I know I said I like the fact that Australia's one wasn't the national colours, but Sweden having a change kit like that meant that for a game like that against Germany, which is, you know, a half clash, we'll say of white versus yellow, Sweden and blue, yellow, blue isn't offense an offensive change of kit for no reason if you get me and they they actually wore that kit in a friendly against romania i think in all blue during that kid's lifespan which looked just as good in my view i agree with john cameroon as well that the white on the cameroon home was one of the reasons i didn't vote for john's one uh i do think the away looks more tied together but at the same time it's not one of my favorite kits mexico again i don't dislike that but i prefer green had a bit more presence than red, but again, that's just entirely um, uh, subjective. It was Jim Hearson, by the way, who said about um, dark light, dark it, to mention that. So of your ones, Les, I am going to go with West Germany because I nearly chose myself, but again, I just wasn't sure if, if it, you know, was underrated or not and Italy for the same reason. So if you're the only one choosing them, I'm happy to back you up. Superb. John? Almost impossible with this one, Les. I think I, I agree with so much. Of the, so many of these shirts have something great about them. I think the Cameroon one, the fact that it's the same design but just the three colours mixed up is brilliant. Germany, Italy. Compare that Italian shirt to what France were wearing. It, it's they're poles apart. But for me, the, the the real one, the real surprise for me, the South Korea that could be made today and could look could be pulled off, couldn't it? For me, it's that West Germany one from '86 because it was so close. To, to my list. One thing I really love, and you, you know my my love of asymmetrical design, I love the fact <laughs> that the badge was just so, again, so low down on the shirt and not perhaps not sort of equal to the, the Adidas logo. So I'm going to go for Germany and I'd completely slipped my mind with that Mexico shirt. And again, I think that's a beauty. They had a few different versions, didn't they, John? Um, they I did. They did. Shown illustrations. By, by you in the book. Yeah, my illustration doesn't, I don't think it captures it as well as it could have done. But yeah, there are several different variations on that. But again, it's this idea, though, that it's so evocative of the country. Whether you know what it is or not, there's that feel that it's, it's, it belongs to another country. Does that make sense, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what's so exciting about those kind of World Cup kits that maybe we don't get so much of these days. And perhaps that's why it feels a surprise to see an Umbra logo on it. Because, you, you know, you associate Umbra with football in exactly, you know, the United yeah. Kingdom and Ireland. Mm. And I think Umbra have got that massive following down in um, South America. Totally different set of designs and designers and everything. But always some really, really interesting stuff. There. 
Gav, what, what's your votes? Um, so straight away, I'm going with Korea just because uh, it <laughs> backs up one of mine. And But yeah, a great choice for great reasons. And the next one's a really tough one. And I think I'm going to go with the West Germany one as well, purely from the things that you said. And actually, when you said it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a kit I never even think about, and especially with that World Cup. And it is, you know, it's played a part in such an iconic moment with the Maradona final that actually you don't really think about it. And the fact that it has, you know, seen versions replicated as well, but not not in your face replicated, I think. I think when it come when they do come around, you don't necessarily think of that shirt. So you just think of the, you know, the West Germany historically having the green, but you don't think of that shirt. So, you know, nineteen ninety springs to mind more. And so yeah, I think your comments and your description of it probably just swayed it a little bit for me on that one. So my final vote will be the West Germany one. Interesting. It's fascinating. This is the, the second one where one kit has got three votes. Yeah, and it's almost as if, you know, by the spirit of our rules, should that rule it out? If, I, if, <laughs> if you know, if, essentially four rivers have chosen it, but we didn't come up with that rule before, so we're not coming up with that rule now retrospectively i'm not having it but the interesting thing is so it was three votes for that one and then one for mexico one for italy and one for south korea so because there's no obvious second choice it means i get to choose more which one goes through and i'm going to go with the mexico 1994 kit i just think it was just so different to everything else and i i take your point dennis about you know it, it feels strange colors for for mexico for the change kit white red and white but it was exactly what they needed in that tournament i guess yeah it felt like bolivia almost had the exact same um kit of them and, and certainly against italy i think that really worked out so anyway I'm, I'm getting my own way with this one something else just just briefly guys about that that germany shirt if you look at both their kits for that world cup they weren't their normal kits of the time which were the the um everton diagonal design so that the fact that there was especially kind of crafted for that World Cup gives them a little bit of extra oomph as well, I think. Yeah, I nearly chose the home because I think it was the first Germany kit, West Germany kit, to have the flag colours. That's that's right, yeah. Yeah, and it, but again, like I just wondered if it was too popular. But So we have our final eight. We only had one kit that was that was wiped out, which was Belgium's 2004. Am I right in thinking better or a Qatari brand? But they've also oh, got some that. links with Switzerland. I thought they were Swiss. Seem, you're insinuating a lot there now, Les. Yeah, maybe. I think it might be a Swiss-based brand, but with Qatari funding or something along the lines. We'll, we'll leave we apologise for the last of service. The Football Kit Podcast will return soon. <laughs> FIFA would like to ask people to concentrate only on the football kits. Yeah. Okay, so we have a, we have a final eight. So what, what, I think it's natural that change kits get selected because they get seen less, so yeah. they get noticed less. But it wasn't a, que- a clean sweep of change kits. There was two primary kits in there. Right, so the final eight then. Norway 1994 change. Mexico 2018 change. Scotland 1986 primary. Angola 2006 primary. Australia 2010 change. USA 2006 primary, West Germany 1986 change, 
and Mexico nineteen ninety four change. Mexico got two get two kits in, and they're often the nation where people rave about their stuff because they yeah. do love their Aztec sort of stuff prints. What what are your thoughts on on that final eight chaps? I think it it stands up to um stands up to rigor definitely. You know we 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 have considered them all, um and you know like you say we're all great. So if they're the eight we choose. <laughs> And a nice balance of World Cups as well. Nice, yeah. uh, you know, we've got we've got something from the past and something from the recent present as well. So we've got uh, we've got a good cross section, I think, of the kits. Yeah, nobody can accuse us of recency bias or just being <laughs> miserable old men choosing <laughs> stuff from the nineteen seventies. Excellent. <laughs> that leads in nicely to me, there, Les. With that, <laughs> <laughs> great reasons for all of them. I think there's. Um, there is there are solid arguments all round here. I'm not just saying that. It, it's really given me kind of food for thought when you you look at shirts that you maybe haven't quite stuck them in your memory, but actually you think, crikey, yeah, there's some great stuff there. Maybe we should sell the rights for this to be televised and like Judge Judy can be the <laughs> the, the person adjudicating. She don't wear that little serviette round her neck anymore, does she? I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Put the word out as usual, and we got back some good Twitter suggestions. Andrew Rockall says Bulgaria's 1970 were certainly noteworthy, um, very low cut v neck, and it was actually a set of long sleeve shirts, um, with the, the lower sections cut off. Uh, I'm not sure who thought long sleeves would be a good idea for Mexico. Simon Trainer nominates Bosnia and Herzegovina from 2014, a template he says, but a really good one. I like yeah. this choice. I, yeah, I that totally was, agree. Was that the first very, Candivo? Yeah, very, very template But yeah. for, in that, for that team, in that blue, yeah, that was one of my favourites of the 2014 World Cup. Yeah, FPL Wales says Wales 100%, um, <laughs> rather enigmatically. We don't know if he means 1958 or 2022, which hasn't really been seen by a big audience yet. We may never know. And I think the <laughs> username uh, leaves him standing accused of um, a bit of tribalism. Turlock ADK offers Austria 1990 home and away, um, kind of a puma swirl design. Used very little apart from Austria, um, except by a few clubs in Germany and maybe Switzerland. But I... I think it's it's remembered because of the unusual nature of it. Maybe I'm wrong. No, absolutely. This made my long list. Yeah. Um, I, I typically don't like Puma, but this is, I think, some of their finest work. Yeah. I've really always good. thought of it as like a, a bit of a vortex kit or a, yeah. I don't know, light trying to escape a quantum singularity if you want to go astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. And I occasionally get requests to do fantasy versions of it. Um, the fact that Puma Mark and the Crest were on the same side as well, gives it um you know novel value. We talked about it, didn't we, in one of the uh, template pods? I think it came up. Back yeah, here. I think I Les chose it. it. Mm. So it became rated then. <laughs> the intriguingly named Phil Catford Residence CAFC. Um, <laughs> see smoke coming out of Gavin's ears there now. Uh, he likes the Adidas equipment kits of USA '94, Bulgaria, and Sweden in particular. I suppose you could say they're underrated in that they're not, you know, they're not remembered in the public consciousness as well as they should be. But I think they do suffer a bit from overexposure, maybe. 
the, the templates are certainly rated, aren't they? And yeah, the, the fact that they, in the last couple of years they've been they've been sort of reproduced in one way or the other. So I think he's probably right that the Bulgaria one isn't the one that everybody goes for yeah. from USA '94. But th- there's an over familiarity with with that one that would perhaps make me not consider I, that one. I think so. I think Romania might be the one of the most fondly remembered ones. But it had three colours on it. Like we said earlier about the Norway one, I think the traditional Adidas shoulder stripes were a bit too much on that. It was something they used to do at the time. Rodrigo Lara, son of Ecuador, he agrees with Les on the South Korea 1994 kits, and he included an image of a red version. And then Stu Will, he declared that Yugoslavia's 1998 primary kit, again, a popular template from Adidas, is a thing of beauty. Beto of Sydney in Australia concurs with that. And finally, Jackson's jerseys nominates the geometric pattern prints of Czechoslovakia and the Soviet Union at 1990. Again, like those 1994 ones, does distinct nature of the design mean it couldn't be underrated? Yeah, I think these are rated shirts. I think these are very well known, very popular, particularly the Czechoslovakia one that often comes up in a, a greatest World Cup shirt. Yeah. We're happy to debate. To, to be fair to Andy Rockall, he didn't know that we'd established the rule of the living memory thing. Either that or he's admitting how old he really is. <laughs> and, he did, and he did know. So John, and, and is, well, In that case, he, he's lying with 74 on his uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> John, has this been an edifying experience for you? Do you know, I've loved it. I've, I thought it's been, it's, it was such fun going through my list. I mean, this, is my, this is my kind of short list notes here. I loved going through that yesterday, but it's just fascinating hearing these choices and the reasons for them. There's such a difference with international kits to domestic kits, I, I feel, that it is like a different breed. And there's a different sets of requirements, different uh, different emotions that they bring up. It's just been brilliant looking back. It's made me, I'm, you know, like many of us, I'm struggling with this year's World Cup, but it's the it's what the World Cup has brought to us in the past. That's what I've loved. And I bringing back those memories and those those feelings good stuff john is of course the author of true colors one and two and true colors international football kits john where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you yeah john at truecoloursfootballkits.com email or on twitter at truecoloursfootballkits i'll pop up now and again there is a chance of course that twitter will have ceased to exist by the time this is published but that's out of our hands (laughs) but thanks ever so much for having me on guys I've, i've loved it really loved it Excellent. Well, that wraps up episode 15. We'll return fairly soon, no doubt. Thanks, John, for his company and his underrated kit selections. Thanks to you, the listener, for dropping by. Share your opinions on underrated kits, or any kits for that matter, on our proudly unverified Twitter account, which is at Football Kit Pod. <laughs> <laughs>